as soon as I changed my hair, I'm not even kidding, I got the job. All of a sudden, like I felt, I don't know what the word is, too black. <laughs> too black. <laughs> this is Black Motherhood. Today we're exploring identity and motherhood through our relationship with our hair with Lomba Legru. Womba is a certified chartered accountant with her own accountancy business, WJ Legru Limited. She is a finance and banking professional with over a decade in financial services. She's a mother to two wonderful children and a wife. In her spare time, Womba likes to sing and play guitar. She's also an avid yogi. Ooh, welcome Womba. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was a lovely introduction. Is there anything you'd want to add to that? No, just a, a wonderful friend. He is <laughs> indeed. We can testify. Yeah, before we kick off into kind of our discussion, how are you doing? How's Wamba today? I'd say I'm good, you know. It's just a, a normal day. Motherhood, tiredness and the usual working as well as balancing being a mum. Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. I love when you said that the usual working um, and balancing as a mum, because sometimes you don't realise that, you know, that becomes so much embedded in you as a person. It just, it, it's just who you are. And it's funny if it, listeners who are listening, well, I've known Wamba since, uh, since our teenagers, um, when we went yeah. to uni and I've seen you grow into the, the woman that you are today, mother of two. Yeah. And it's lovely, lovely to have people like that in your life who you can look back and say, wow. You know, I knew you when you were a tweeny little, you know, teenager navigating <laughs> life. All the things we did together, you know, I won't yeah. say on here, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the things. My goodness, it's like, gosh, nearly two decades or something. Yeah, yeah. it's a long time. A long yeah. time. So today we're talking about hair and obviously there's a lot of things that we've discussed myself and you and obviously with Chandra as well in our spare time but I have a question in terms of you know we you don't have to look too far to see the significance that hair has on black identity and Mm. in black communities you know there are books songs movies all centered around our hair Mm. each woman has their own journey with hair so would you like to share yours with us I'd love to hear more about your hair journey Do you know what? I feel like you know my hair journey as well, (laughs) but I'll share it. Oh, my goodness. So today I'm in a wig. Right. But this hasn't always been my journey or my hair look or whatever. So I think I probably got my hair relaxed at a ridiculously young age back in Zambia. So I had it relaxed when I was really young. And then obviously when I, I grew up, probably as a teenager, I sort of grew it out, um, had it more natural and then ended up having it natural for several years. So I'd have braids, I'd have extensions. I remember when I had my first um, weave, I just kept looking at it. I was like, oh, wow, like, you know, I don't even have to like relax my hair and look at my hair. It looks amazing. Just telling really of what society is like, like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of ingrained in your mind that that's what amazing hair looks like, right? But that's a whole other topic anyway. So I had that for a while. At uni, I, I did a bit of both. I used to do like little braids, like pick and drop. I did lots of that at uni. 
And then when I started working in London, I relaxed my hair a bit because I'd have like a weave that left some hair out. And then eventually I decided to just grow it out and be natural. And then I was natural for several years, even in the banking world, I was natural. And actually it wasn't until I moved back um, to Cambridgeshire that I felt like I felt really conscious of my natural hair. All of a sudden, like I felt, I don't know what the word is, too black, <laughs> too black. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word, but you just, you sort of start to, to really feel conscious. Maybe it's the questions that you get. Maybe it's the little comments that people might make, you know, they see, oh, what, you know, you know, your hair, you know, how do you comb it? Oh, you know, all these questions. And people still ask that in Cambridgeshire. I didn't really get that in London. So you just sort of blend it because people are used to seeing that um, more of that in London. And I remember when I moved here, moved back and I was trying to find a job. And I honestly felt like I couldn't find a job because of my hair. Um, It's still a debate that um, my sister was like, oh, maybe if you held out longer, you would have, you know, you would have found the right job. But as soon as I changed my hair, I'm not even kidding. I got the job. But, it, you know, who knows? It could be coincidence. Um, so it's, I think I've done everything there is to do with hair, if, if you need advice. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is you've gone through the, the Afro look, the relax, I mean, let's start yeah. with the relaxed look, then yeah. the semi-Afro, uh, semi-natural, natural, yeah. braiding, wigs, weaves, you've we, done it all. Do, I've done it all. I cannot think of anything I haven't done with my hair but you know it does make me think and because at the moment I've obviously got the the wig on and I just think I just need I need to get rid of of the wig. Just then you talked about how moving to Cambridge and looking for a job sometimes it felt like your hair was kind of holding you back in a way To what extent do you feel like the hair transitions that you've had have been because of your personal choice and your idea of what you want your identity to be compared to societal pressures? I think I think probably before I had kids it was very much what I I want to do in terms of my hair and in terms of my choices um back in London um Say, for example, if I didn't get a job because of my hair, I'll be like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I'll, I don't mind not having a job for a long time or whatever. But now it's like, yes, it does matter. You know, I've, I've got to provide for my children. And if that's what's holding me back, and, and it may not be, it might just be um, luck or whatever. Um, but but you do you do sort of notice the the extra looks if you've got the afro hair cause, just because they're not used to it especially in this sort of area that I'm in um it's just different you know it, and it's even more different because it's yeah it's it's afro it's kinky it's it's you know you get people comment um I had one mum at a school gate was commenting on her uh, her daughter's hair her daughter's hair is like really fair kind of strawberry blonde and she's got little like pearls or sometimes ringlets. Oh, it's so afro. I need to sort it out. And it was 
you know, like a negative connotation. It wasn't a, it's really Afro, it's beautiful. It was like, there's something wrong with it. It needs to be sorted out. I was looking at her daughter's hair thinking, what's wrong with that? You know, (laughs) it's beautiful. It literally, yeah. So I think it's just the negativity around it and, and, um, I guess it's more society pressure if it if it's stopping me from sort of advancing my family economically or supporting my family then yeah I think I definitely because I resonated on a personal level in terms of my natural hair journey and transitions from different hairstyles growing up somewhere that was very white where I felt like I was being semi held back and like I'd be literally like mom I need a weave that looks like my friend's weave like I need to look like them I need to fit in I I just want the questions to stop I want to be able to just exist without having to answer questions to my existence and I think that's just it's a sad reality that I think is very unique to our identity that sometimes you do have to genuinely think about is my hair going to be an added issue or is my hair going to be an added topic of discussion when I just don't need or want it to be and I think that's a sad reality but also I feel like people are starting to celebrate our hair as well at the same time. I wanted to think as well is about your journey as a mother you talked there about how you especially noticed it since you've been a mother your children are mixed race and they would have see the world different to your own experiences and they'll have a different texture to your hair can you talk about how you navigate your children's hair journey as a mother yeah so oh my children have like the most beautiful hair in the world I just love it so my daughter obviously I've kept her hair and it's it's this big Afro like mixed hair afro um and it's beautiful and my son also um because I keep it short so it just looks you know curly like a a curly a curly fro um beautiful as well the one that probably gets the most attention is my daughter because um her hair is so big and so I've had situations where at school where I've gone to pick up Uh, my son and then they've gone oh that's beautiful hair then there's always the caveat of it must be really difficult to comb or like in fact every time I've had her hair out there's always been a comment about the hair being oh lovely but it must be difficult I think the worst one was back in September last year when we got a nanny and then she'd never dealt with like mixed hair and then obviously I'd done my daughter's hair and then she said she'd come to our home after I'd done the hair and then she was like oh are you going to do her hair before she goes out <laughs> and no it- she didn't <laughs> I was like, yeah yeah I was no, like, no no her no hair no. Is, is done I mean you never say that to like a white person that has their hair down you wouldn't say oh are you going to get your hair done mm. the hair is done and it's uh, I don't like the fact that we have to have braids or you have to do something you can't just leave your hair as it is without the questions and yeah yeah as you were saying that I was thinking that yeah should we be doing more of letting our hair out so that we normalize normalize it? I think I think yeah, yeah. yeah. 
because when you talked about having your daughter's hair out and then nanny going are you going to get it done it's because she's probably used to seeing the hair in a bun or braided at the back or something something so if we kind of normalize the Afro look where the hair is out and it's puffy and it's beautiful and it's all glory and fullness. Maybe people will start seeing the beauty of it because it, that's what it is. And, and I do question that, but I think there is an element of always getting those questions. How do we navigate those questions, especially kids? I mean, I'm sure she's they're, hear, they're hearing it as well, which I don't like. Like yeah. I, I'd gone uh, to get my daughter's um, jabs done and then the lady was saying how, oh, uh, you know, it must be difficult to comb it. Oh, it's, it's really, you know, oh, is it quite rough, you know, and that kind of, and, and, and then she touched the hair. I didn't even have time to react. I was just like, what? You know, she touched the hair. And my daughter sat there. She's not a pet. She's not a dog. You know, like, she's just sat there and, yeah, anyway. I hate the phrase difficult hair. Yes. No yeah. hair is difficult. You just like I think I grew up being like I grew up half in Zambia Ivory Coast hair, but like I remember it even in Ivory Coast, I would literally run away from the hairdressers when they came to my house because I was just like, no, I don't want to have them pulling and tugging and doing all this stuff. And they always like they used to be like, Oh, her hair is so difficult and so tough. Yeah. And the thing is it's that like, negativity. That's so we need to be more positive. Even as black people, we need to be more exactly. positive about Because like now I'm using products and like my hair is soft, quote unquote, because yeah. I know what products work for yeah. it and what don't. And like, it's like if someone at the time and I don't know, like it's just really sad that we hear these things as children about our hair being negative or difficult or mm. tough or you know wiry and our hair is beautiful like no one else has as versatile hair as we do no. our hair can shrink to like a tiny thing and then the next yeah. day be out and long like yeah. honestly it's just that yeah it makes me annoyed that people think that they can comment on someone's a child's hair uh, yeah, and then okay. and then go ahead and touch, and touch it. it. It's just shocking. No, it's just. Oh. Shocking. Do you know? I I was too. I I felt disappointed in myself because I didn't. I didn't react. I didn't tell her off. I just. I think I was just in shock. Mm. It was just like it happened so quickly. She was talking about it. She touched it, and it you're just shocked by it I was shocked by it and I felt like I didn't stand up for my daughter and I should have done I should have told her that's not okay yeah it's not okay that's right that's right and and I do agree that you know if we become more vocal in front of our daughters then they will know what's right and wrong and they will be able to say that in the playground as well because this happens quite a lot and and the next thing that I just want to kind of ask is you know hair can get pretty personal and for a lot of people hair is one of the most important factors of identity of their identity just like we've mentioned and when it comes to black hair things are often complicated I know we've mentioned this already from weaves wigs afros conros braids if you don't know what we're talking about you better google (laughs) this stuff I mean honestly it's real 
black hair. You glue it on, you you braided it, <laughs> the whole shebang. It is, yeah. yeah. Black hair can be a political minefield to understand. And I just wanted to know, from your perspective, why do you think black hair is considered political? And how can we shift the narrative? Well, do you know what? It's political because of what happened in, in the US. So it goes back to the whole slavery thing where, you know, us as Africans taken from Africa to the US. And because our hair was different, that woolly sort of hair, people would look at it and think, it's not even hair. Look, they're not, they're not people. They haven't even got hair. They've just got wool. And, you know, like, it's that sort of thing where it's, you know, then the slaves um, came up with the relaxers, you know, quite dangerous relaxers to make their hair like their masters. And it sort of became a thing of if you're successful, you would have hair that looks like a white person. And that's that's why it's a political thing. It's a it's it's a big thing. It's, It's still something that we're working out is still something that we're, we haven't resolved. You know, we've made many steps and lots more um, black people have their own hair in a professional sense, but you, you get it from the black community, you get it from the non-black community about, oh, are you gonna get your hair done or, oh, it's not very professional and that kind of thing. So it's interesting what you say, because I always see it in, in our own communities as well, where you know, if I went out with my hair looking like this, somebody would be like, oh, are you not going to do something to your hair? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you not going to uh, tie it back a bit or do something to it? And and there is always an expectation that hair should look a certain way and it should look European or, you know, silk pressed down. Yeah. And that's dangerous because everyone is different. Everybody has got a sort of pers- persona they're going for. And we need we need to be unique unique and our hair is very very unique and I love the fact that what you mentioned Chandri that you it can shrink and the next mm. moment you can literally pull it out and it mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's beautiful it is it beautiful re- we need to celebrate it more <laughs> we need to you know normalize it in the workplace we need senior executives having their throws out yeah female executives I don't like the fact that Sometimes um, when people are really successful, either they have a weave on or if it's a black woman, they cut their hair completely. And on that, I think for you as a mother navigating your hair journey, how have you empowered your children to embrace their hair and also to know their boundaries and how others treat their hair? So, for example, the horrible incident that you shared about the woman just touching your daughter's hair. Mm-hmm. So I've spoken to the children about it. Obviously, they're they're still quite young. Um, yeah. So when the incident happened, I I spoke to them about oh nobody should touch your hair, etc. <laughs> my daughter's three, so she was just going, yeah, nobody should touch my hair. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how much she's taken in. It's something that you know I will keep um, talking to them about as they get older, they'll they'll probably start to understand the significance of it and why they need to make sure that, you know, people don't touch their hair or they realize that their hair is gorgeous. I always tell them it is anyway. 
um, and they love their own hair. So I think it's so important to actually ha- hear that positive affirmation from your own mother telling you that your hair is really beautiful and um, from others as well. And it's good that you're able to start like teaching them from a young age as well, like from three. But yeah, my ha- hair is great. And no, no one should touch my hair. Like it might not sink in yet, but it will sink in eventually. Yeah, it will. And also we've we've got a number of uh, books. Uh, so we, we do Sulway by Lupita. There's another book as well called I Am Enough. Um, and it's, I love it because on the front of it is this gorgeous um, black girl with her afro out and just talks about why she's enough. You know, she is mm. enough. She doesn't need to change anything about herself. Mm. Um, but also I think not just speaking positively, I need to work on my own journey because I don't want my kids to grow up and think, hang on, why does mummy have, um, you know? (laughs) I was going to ask you that question that what do you think your kids think about? I mean, obviously, I don't know if they see you without the wig and like, what do you think they're thinking? I I know they're young, but yeah. So normally when I have the wig on, I sort of get the wig on when the kids aren't there. But this one morning, (laughs) I sort of, I'd left the the door ajar and I didn't realise. So the kids sort of ran in and then I had the wig in one hand and I (laughs) the kids were just like, mummy, your hair. (laughs) They had no idea. They were were just confused. I I honestly think they were traumatised. Yeah, so they didn't understand why I had my hair in one hand and had like a cap or no hair on my head. Yeah, it was just really funny. So I just asked them to sort of go out the room. Oh, it's all right. I'll get, you know, and then sorted my hair out. But I think that's that's childhood trauma right there. (laughs) It is trauma. So I think that's something I need to sort out before they're old enough to sort of start thinking, hang on a minute, what happens to the mummy's hair why why doesn't she have her own hair all the time I do have um I tend to have my afro out at the weekend though um Mm. it's just during the week I have this hair and then at the weekend I have my I have no idea what they think of it they're they're always commenting they've said to me oh mummy I love your hair it's not uh, tied to whether or not I have a wig on sometimes they'll say that when I have my own hair out you know if I, oh I love your hair mm-hmm. or if I have the wig I say, oh I love your hair so it, it just obviously they're at that age where it's like just depends on what it looks like you know they haven't got the influence of society or any of that so yeah mm-hmm. just to end we, we're going to ask you these uh, these questions and would like to know your perspective so reflecting on your own journey as a mother what would you consider um, a positive, a challenge and a sp- sprinkle of advice on motherhood? So we just want to get your perspective on these three. So what's a positive aspect of black motherhood that you would like to share with the world? Wow. You know, I just think because motherhood is, I never think of it as as black motherhood, but maybe I should because we've got our own journey. Um I think the positive aspect is the community of black mothers that we're we're sort of connected by this 
shared experience. It's a unique, you know, nobody else experiences motherhood the way we do because we've got these these other um, challenges. Um, but I think that actually brings us together. So I feel like I can talk to you about something motherhood related hair or whatever that you totally get that I've got friends that even friends that have mixed children that are white that they don't quite get it and maybe they don't quite get it for their their children either they're just sort of they've got their own challenges I'm sure but but I think it's that community I think is really positive for me um and that shared experience of motherhood within motherhood it's like an inception of motherhood. <laughs> it's like a box and another box. Oh my, yeah, a mother, motherhood box. within motherhood. Yeah. 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 I love that though. I think it is a community and, you know, I'm not a mother, but I am yeah. an auntie and I feel like I'm part of this community of mothers and like I mother other people's children and it's just really amazing that we do have an opportunity to have this sense of community that I think, yeah, you're right, not a lot of other communities don't have that opportunity to come together and have this shared experience and be able to talk to each other and it's really special so yeah no thanks for that secondly what is a challenge that you think you've faced as a black mother specifically Uh, how long have we got (laughs) (laughs) got hours (laughs) when I talk about the time you took the kids to the clinic (laughs) yeah I know I think oh my goodness motherhood is challenging anyway but black motherhood you have to be an iron lady which we all are we're you know superhuman um there's so many challenges from hair to schooling to raising a black um child uh, a black boy um especially you know how are they treated in school how are they treated by the police I can only imagine what it's like in the US like I couldn't even fathom I I was thinking about it the other day and I was thinking you know if my little boy was growing up in the US what challenges would he face you know just as they sort of uh, the teenage years you know navigating that skin colour, trying to get a boyfriend, for example, if if you're you're the only one that's different or you're the only one that's dark, um, or guys find that attractive. Um, when you go into the workplace, those challenges that you get, I think the whole thing, the whole thing is a challenge. And I think that's why we need that this community. We need to sort of hold each other up and speak positivity into each other's lives because, you know, the world isn't always going to be positive and I I think we need to be standing tall with each other so yeah I'd say probably every aspect of of life would be a little bit of a challenge. There's a lot of things that we we don't see till when we become mothers and when you're growing up yourself as an individual as a teenager as a young adult you kind of play a blind ear to it or you become so much aware of it but you know how to navigate but when you have little people that you're looking after you just want to hold them and protect them Mm -hmm. and like you said 
you know, at different stages of their lives, there's challenges when they're younger, it's acceptance, even acceptance in, in the younger ages at school, because there are some kids who, who, who have no idea about black people. They've never, ever interacted with black people. And then a black yeah. child starts school reception and how they react to that. You know, then you move on to the yeah. teenage years and everybody's dating, like you said. Mm. And quite recently, actually, there has been a bit of publicity. I don't know. I mean, I, I've been watching Love Island on, on and off. I was going to say things like uh, Love Island highlights. Yeah. You know, the dating issues, you know, will guys find that attractive if you're you're the only one that's say, for example, you're wearing the wig? You know, why would he go for the person with the wig when he could get? the real thing as they say <laughs> so you know there's there's so many challenges I mean it even starts in like nursery I had a friend where she was concerned because I think the nursery staff I mean that probably is quite telling of that nursery would not pay as much attention to her daughter um and she thought that was maybe due to the color of her skin and or things like if a, a black child is 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 sort of expected tougher skin or not cry so easily or be able to take more than say another child, you know those kinds of expectations. It's it's hard, and then you you sort of become a mum and you're at, in labour, you're at the hospital, and you're crying out for uh, pain relief. There's also that all of those issues where they might think, oh, she'll be all right. She's black. She can take it. Or, you know, they do something to you that you didn't like and they think, oh, she's she's all right. She, she'll be it. She's tough. You know, it's all of it. All of it's hard. <laughs> it is. It is. All these things can be challenging just because of the Melanie that we have. Anyway, let's move on to something very lighthearted. Um, <laughs> What piece, of, what piece of advice do you wish somebody had given to you at the beginning of your Black motherhood journey? And what advice would you want to share with others today? <clears throat> I mean, this is a tough one because maybe maybe it's, it's, it's good that, I mean, I got so much advice um, when I started my motherhood journey and I probably didn't appreciate, I've found it quite, irritating to be, to be fair <laughs> when people would give me advice I'm like don't give me advice <laughs> I just want to do my journey how I want if I was giving advice to somebody I would say take each day as it comes enjoy your child where they are don't don't start looking at or when they're one I'll start to enjoy it or when they're when they're this age when they're a teenager I'll start to enjoy it be in that moment, enjoy a newborn because they're not going to be a newborn for long. Enjoy them when they're, you know, six months because they're not, that's not going to last for long. And then when they're a year and then five years and just living in that moment, it's something that we, we sort of forget to do because we're so, say, for example, the newborn stage, you might be so sleep deprived that, you know, you can't even <laughs> enjoy that newness you know the tiny little feet the tiny little hands because you just all you can think of is I can't wait till they're this age and, <laughs> and then you get to that age I can't wait till they're potty trained and then I don't have to do it <laughs> you get to that other age and I can't wait till they're not so moody and 
and then you get to the other oh i miss them i wish them <laughs> you know like enjoy the moment live in the moment yeah live in the moment i think that's so important because even from a completely different perspective as an older sister i've seen yeah. my younger brother grow up and he's now like an 18 year old man and i'm just like oh my gosh i miss it when you're really young but then when he was really young i was like you're so annoying can you just grow up, <laughs> you grow up and then it was so um, much easier exactly but no i think that's a great piece of advice to share with the world and thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast it has been a great conversation today I think we've kind of explored the different the politics of our hair and like the journeys that we have to go through and that our children have to go through that our grandchildren will probably have to go through and it's it's just madness that you know the thing that grows out of our head naturally can cause so much in the society yeah. and it's a lot but I think oh. it's looking up where you know, we've got all these amazing books coming out now we've got all these characters who have froze and hopefully we just start to see that representation more at senior levels like you said in work or just making the afro normalized making the hair that grows out of our head normalized and making it normal as well to be like yeah I want to change up my hair this week and not have a million people comment on it that would be great yeah, um, exactly any final words from your side yeah there's so much to say about hair I mean I could write a book I should write a book you should <laughs> you know like hair hair I love I love our hair it makes me happy the things that happen with black hair sometimes make me sad in terms of why it's such a big issue why you know people would sort of not get a job over the type of hair they have it just seems so petty but it's real life it's what we're going through so yeah. yeah. So let's talk let's about talk day about one on your next job. Afro, oh, yeah. Afro braids or wig? I was actually looking at wigs. <laughs> <laughs> we just spent 30, 45 minutes talking. Oh, <laughs> I haven't learned. I was Maybe like, an I, Afro wig. Let's compromise. Uh, yeah. You know, I was, it wasn't quite Afro. It was sort of a yaki um, uh, wig which Ooh. sort of looks like straightened Afro hair, right? Nice, yeah. Yeah, so that's the one I was looking at. I'm on a journey. I'm still... <laughs> <laughs> We're all on a journey. Yeah, Before we head off, if listeners want to um, see Wamba, see what you're all about, see what you're up to, where can they find you? Yeah, so I've got a website, which is www.wj lagru which is spelled l-a-g-r-u-e dot co dot uk um so if you can visit that you find me there i'm also on instagram as wj lagru um so if you just look for at wj lagru you can find me on there and we're on linkedin as well okay. <laughs> so, get adding people yeah support a lady here yeah maybe that's on a journey that's gonna take her wig off at some point <laughs> if anything that we've discussed during this session resonates with you feel free to get in touch with your comments questions or just to say hello at hello at blackmotherhood.co.uk bye bye
has been Black Motherhood with Chanju and Chibesa. The music is composed by Wangani and Lisanna Mwanza with added vocals by Baby Eloise. Thanks for listening.